MOG. Ah. Says me, you just woke up dumber. One hand on the Bible, one hand on the thumper. Keep my eyes up, cause I came up from under. I don't bang no number, I'm safe, called gunner. Half hood, half holy, homie, pray with me, don't play with me. Hardest one out without no targets and no wages. See, it's written on my heart, that's how I'm knowing that it stay with me. I'll see it, then believe it. Don't just tell me you can make the team. I, 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 I need time to cool off, I'll be coming back. I, got it on a bad lock, we don't bang this the same, homie, you the mascot. Uh, I'm from the school I have nots I'm the one that was done when he blew his last shot You have not just because you asked not Or just bathed in the rain time through the last drive Thought you knew I'd blast off If I had a hundred lives to get it right I know I never will With a heart made of stone and a head of steel Thought he made it clear but y'all been eating leaven steel I ain't calling you my brethren but my brethren real I'ma make it till he care when we come All you wanted was a chase just to salivate your tongue Thought you was a man because your power came from guns How you living life knowing that you're bound to face the sun They don't like when I'm around cause they know hell just came with you Cause the heat that's within me will scare the devil out of you You can claim it's in his name but you can't bang without a tool We ain't care to play no games and we ain't playing by the rules So what happened to Imposing the king to being chosen, redeemed not being woke in the heathen. Ain't no loaf in the season. We provoking the demons, bringing hope in the season when you're broken and bleeding. Lord, help me die, cause they can't kill a dead man. One step, two step, hanging with dead hands. I'd be okay if you just laid me to rest, man. Stay in my lane, cause it's paved with a blessed hand. I, 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 I need time to cool off. I'll be coming back. I, like it's from the stash spot. Made me a name when I took the mask off. If I was you, I'd back off. I can't live in the sin that I miss sometimes. When you win it to win, you get hit sometimes. And get hit and get hit and get pissed sometimes. But he win in the end, it get lit sometimes. Hey. Prayer fill our cup to our overflow When the cup he drinks is suffering and he overdose How we finna wake the church up if we comatose Why you lying on the Holy Ghost I'm a wolf so that I'm free to be the sheep of me I don't see the me the people say that they can see in me Only thing that I got left is pray to bring the kingdom to me A slave but where I need to be I came but please don't speak to me They be asking who is you but I am one of his Don't recognize me cause I used to be an ugly kid Please forgive me if I need to learn to love again Can you show me what it's like to be a son again Short fuse, lost a couple corkscrews Poor you had to pay for your views uh, You got demons, we got angels with us Can't believe that they ain't hanging with us I, 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 I need time to cool off, I'll be coming back I There we go. Hey, it's Pastor Randy here with uh, Made Free Church. Hope you guys are having a good morning. Sorry about the intro. Uh, that was Mike Asino. If you guys want to check him out, it's called Coming Back Hot. He's a, he's an upcoming Christian rapper and, and uh, found him on TikTok. And uh, I thought that song would be uh, kind of cool for this morning. You know what I mean? Um, I asked him if I could play it. And he says, yeah, play as much as you want. So... Um, it's called uh, uh, Coming Back Hot by Mike Casino, so check him out. Um, you know, uh, the last week, man, I've been sick, and, uh, you know, God has just uh, been reflecting on a lot of things, man, and, and uh, God is just doing a, a, amazing work in my life, and, and I just had to come on early. I know that I scheduled this for 8 a.m. yesterday, and then I rescheduled it because I didn't think I was going to be on, but... Um, you know, God made a way, 
you know what I mean? God made a way. So, uh, let me turn on some music here. There we go. Anyway, uh, my mic should be up. Let me turn this down. There we go. All right. So, um, we are, uh, uh, let me get this over here. We're going to be, uh, continuing our series in Luke. Um, and this is, uh, the birth of John the Baptist being foretold. And we're going to be in Luke chapter one, verses five through 25. That's Luke chapter one, five verses 25. And, uh, I hope you guys are, you know what? We're going to be here for a while, guys. So really, really, really buckle up because we're going to get back to the basics of what real Christianity is and, and, and how, you know, we're supposed to act. And, and you know, Luke is just a, a great gospel for that. Um, and this is getting just back to basics, guys. You know what I mean? The church out there, you know, there's a lot of, of churches you know, um, talking about a prosperity gospel or a false gospel or whatever, man. But, you know, this is, we want, we need to get back to the basics. We need to get back to the basics of reality and what God is doing in his church. You know what I mean? Um, you know, and, uh, we need to, uh, really, really, really understand that, you know, God wants us to be a certain way and stuff like that. So in, and, you know, I know we sin and, and all that other stuff, but it is what it is. So uh, let's get into this. Heavenly Father, we just ask God that you just move this preacher out of the way and, and let your word go forward, Lord. We thank you for your word. We thank you for our salvation. We thank you for dying on the cross for us, Lord. And we thank you about the birth of John the Baptist being foretold, Lord. And let us learn with an open heart and open mind, Lord. Let your Holy Spirit run and rule. We love you and we worship you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, guys. So, uh, just an announcement before we get re before we get started, guys. If you guys need prayer, please go to madefreechurch.org. That's madefreechurch.org. Um, and uh, um, yeah, guys. You know, uh, we'd love to pray for you. We're a praying church. We believe in the power of prayer and. And uh, later today, I'm going to go on and, and, and kind of talk, you know, about our culture and, and, and what Made Free is about and the vision that we have for Made Free and me, Pastor Dave and Pastor Chad and, you know, all the pastors here at Made Free Church, you know, and, and what our, you know, where we're at and why we came out here to Weezer and stuff like that. I may do that today. I may do that this week. But just to give you guys an opportunity to know who we are and when we started and stuff like that, I don't think we've ever done that. So I kind of want to get on either tonight or tomorrow or sometimes in the next week or so, maybe after Christmas, you know, and give you kind of a synopsis of who we are and what and what our vision is. So let's get into this. Um, you know, if you guys are here, you guys want to comment, please comment in the, if you guys are here on Facebook and, and uh, YouTube, please comment. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, I'll respond when I see it. Um, and uh, guys, just be blessed by this. Let me turn this down a little bit. I don't know if you guys, this is, 
there we go uh so you know today we're going to continue our series in the gospel of luke uh that i'm calling to seek to save the lost you know the primary vision of jesus which luke captures so well in luke 19:10, is to seek and save the lost you know i i love the es the way that esv study bible captured jesus mission which noted it in the introduction to luke's gospel and says this the gospel of luke finds its fundamental unity in the person of jesus christ and in his mission to seek and save the lost from the first announcement of his coming to his ascension into heaven jesus is at the center of everything the songs are for his praise the miracles are by his power the teaching is from his wisdom the conflict over his claims and the cross is what is that which only he could bear you know but before luke tells us about the announcement of jesus coming coming to earth he tells us about another announcement right and it's an announcement in which the birth of john the baptist jesus's cousin is foretold right john the baptist is jesus forerunner right he is the one whom god sent to prepare the world for jesus so let's read that in luke chapter 1 verses 5 through 25 and it says this in the days of herod king of judea there was a priest named zachariah of the division of abijah and he had a wife from the daughters of aaron in and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in the commandments and statutes of the Lord. But they had no child because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years. Now, while, they, while he was serving as priest before God in, the, in his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by law to enter the temple of the Lord to burn incense. And the whole multitude of people <coughs> uh, were praying outside at the hour of incense. And there appeared an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zechariah was troubled when he saw them. And fear fell upon him. And the angel said to him, Do not be afraid, Zachariah, for your prayers have been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you will call his name John. And you will, ha and, and you will have joy and gladness, and many will rejoice at his birth. For he will be great before the Lord, and he must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord and Lord a people prepared. And Zechariah said to the angel, how, will I, how shall I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is advanced in years. And the angel answered him, I am Gabriel, I stand in the presence of God, and I was sent to speak to you and bring you this good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things will take place, because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. 
verse 21. And they, and the people were waiting for Zechariah and they were wondering uh, at his delay in the temple. When he came out, he was unable to speak to them and they realized that he had seen a vision in the temple and he kept making signs to them and remained mute. And when he was, and when his time of services ended, he went to his home. After these days, his wife Elizabeth conceived. For five months, she kept herself hidden, saying, "Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when we looked, when when He looked upon me, to take away my reproach among the people." You know, in the past decade. It was reported that there was an ancient fragment about the size of a business card and had been discovered. And on the parchment were four words that suggested that the early Christians believed that Jesus had been married, right? Written on the ancient Egyptian, uh, on the ancient Egypt, written in, in the language of the ancient Egyptian Christian were four words. Jesus said to them, my wife. You know, much has been made of this discovery and many people are a, you know, a buzz about the possibility of Jesus being married. But the fact is, Jesus is married. His bride is the church. However, Jesus was not married to a woman. The reason people get carried away with discoveries like this is because they don't know God's word. And if they don't know God's word, they don't always trust God's word. You know, not, not trusting God's word is not only a modern problem. God's people throughout the ages have always had difficulty trusting God's word. Luke begins his gospel with the account of the person who had difficulty trusting God's word. In the account of the promise of the birth of John the Baptist, Luke tells us that we should respond how we should uh, respond to God's word, right? So, in an analyst of the account regarding the promise of the birth of Jesus of, of John the Baptist, as set forth in Luke chapter one verses five through twenty-five, will show us how to respond to God's word. Right. So, let's conduct the analyst by looking at the following: one, the childish couple, in verses five through seven; the angelic visitor in verses eight through twelve. The promised son, verses 13 through 17, an unbelieving father, 18 through 23, and the believing mother, in verses 24 through 25. So let's look at, uh, uh, let's begin by looking at the childish couple. You know, as a good Christian, or excuse me, as a good historian, Luke began noting that the account that he was about to narrate took place in the days of Herod, king of Judea, in verse 5, uh, uh, verse 5a, the beginning of the verse, when he reigned from uh, 37 to 4 BC, right? And at this time of oppression for God's people. So during, you know, uh, these difficult times, there was a priest named Zechariah of the division of Abijah in verse 5b. King David organized the priesthood into 24 divisions. You can find that in 1 Chronicles 24 verses 4 through 19. 
The eight which was that of Abijah, verse 10. Uh, but after the Babylon captivity, only four of the 24 divisions returned to Judah, right? You find that in Ezra 2, verses 36 through 38. The Jews, however, still wanted 24 divisions. So leaders divided up the remaining four divisions into 24 divisions and restored the former names to them. So Zechariah, while he was a descendant of Aaron, was probably not in the family line of Abijah. Since Abijah was one of the one of the divisions that did not return from ex, from the exile, nevertheless he served in the division that bore the name of Abijah. Priests were expected to marry an Israelite woman who was a virgin. You can find that in Leviticus twenty one verse seven and Ezekiel forty four verse twenty two. Zechariah was doubtedly what what was was excuse me Zechariah was doubly blessed however because he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron and her name was Elizabeth and you could find that in 5c which is the later latter part of the verse right so Zechariah and Elizabeth were remarkable people and a remarkable couple well suited to be the parents of John the Baptist the forerunner of Jesus right in, in, in a very difficult time in history of God's people, we learned that they were both righteous before God, walking blamelessly in the commandments and statutes of the Lord. You can find that in Luke chapter 1, verse 6. This godly couple was a shining example of the godliness in the midst of an unfaithful people. They were declared righteous by virtue of their trust in God and his word. And they walked in obedience to the Lord. There, there was only one cloud that was cast a shadow on their happiness. And Luke uh, stated their problem. Right? And he says, but they had no child. But Elizabeth, because Elizabeth was barren and both were advanced in years in verse 7. One can imagine uh, uh, Elizabeth Hardick, a woman who has, a, a, any woman who has ever wanted a child knows that Elizabeth must have, must have endured, what must, that she must have endured, right? Prying questions, thoughtless comments, and accusatory suggestion that she must be at fault. And so in the ancient culture, barrenness was considered a disgrace, even a punishment. Right, but God told Adam and Eve in Genesis 2:28 to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. And Solomon noted in Psalms 127:3 that behold, the children are the heritage of the Lord, the fruit of the womb, of uh, the heritage of the Lord, the fruit of the womb, a reward. Right. Sorry about that. <clears throat> still sick guys you gotta bear with me but elizabeth was not at fault god was not punishing her with barrenness because of some sin luke just noted that she was not only righteous before god but she walked blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the lord see our sins are not always the cause of our suffering sometimes they are but not always Sometimes God allows the consequences of our sins to run their course. 
but he does so to discipline us as an act of his love. And sometimes God does discipline us for our sin, as he did in the case of Ananias and Sapphira in Acts chapter 5, verses 1 through 11. But not all suffering is the consequence of our sin. Suffering is at least a consequence of loving or living, excuse me, in a fallen world. The result of Adam's sin have had and will continue to ripple effect until the return of Jesus. The fact is that we don't always know why God permits suffering. We must therefore be careful not to reach a wrong conclusion about why someone is suffering. You know, in the case of Elizabeth, she was barren for the glory of God. God was not punishing her because of something that she had done. No, God was planning a wonderful miracle that would get his people ready for the revival of a savior. And and, and one of the amazing one of the amazing ways that God would show his sovereign power was to enable a woman advanced in years beyond menopause to conceive and bear a child. Part of the Christian perspective on suffering is that even in suffering, there is a way to, for us to glorify God. One sees this very clear, clearly in the Christian who lives in countries that are persecuted for their faith. The question you and I must ask here in America when suffering comes is, is, is our way is not, what have I done to deserve this? But rather, how can I glorify God through this? See, we don't always do that. We always go, God, why, why is this happening to me? Why this? Why that? Why that? But sometimes we just need to glorify God through it. Elizabeth is a great example for this. As a young married woman, she did not understand why she was not able to conceive a child. As months had turned into years and years turned into decades, she was undoubtedly disappointed. But see, she did not let her life revolve around her disappointment. Instead, she busied herself in faithful service to the Lord, walking blamelessly in the commandments and statutes of the Lord. Rather than focusing on her disappointments, she focused on glorifying God in her life. So, when trial or difficulty or suffering comes our way, let us live in such a way that we continue to glorify God. So second, let's, let's not notice the angelic visitor, right? Luke said in verse 8, Now while he, that is Zechariah, was serving as a priest before God when his division was on duty. See, five times a year, Zechariah left home to serve for a week at the temple in Jerusalem. Three of those weeks were major, major Jewish festivals of like Passover weeks and tabernacles, right? When the priestly division served at the temple as religious visitors swelled Jerusalem population from several hundred to several hundred thousand people. In addition, you know, each priestly division who served, you know, two one week long periods a year when they carried out their daily temple sacrifices and services. Now, 
We don't know exactly when Zechariah was serving out the temple in Jerusalem, but it was not probably during one of the major festivals. Luke noted that according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord to burn incense in verse 9. Special services were assigned by lot, right? And this was uh, to ensure that the priest had at least one opportunity in his lifetime to enter the temple of the Lord to burn incense. Once a priest had been chosen to perform the special service, he was no longer eligible to do it again. There was approximately 18,000 priests living in Judea at that time. And the special services being performed twice a day in the morning and in the evening, it would take almost 25 years for each priest to get a turn. And since priests served only for 20 years, each from the age of 30 to 50, you find that in Numbers chapter 4, verse 3, there was a good chance that some of the priests would never perform a special service. So being chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord to burn incense was once in a lifetime highlight in the career of every priest. Picture the scene here. Zachariah was rehearsing in his mind what he needed to do when he got into the holy place. You know, with sweaty palms racing hard, he went into the vestment room. He put on the robes that the priests wore when they went into the holy place in the temple. Right? Then he walked through the temple courtyards, passing through the growing crowd of people who were gathering for evening prayer. Then he slowly walked up the stairs to lead to the holy place where God was. And as he opened the door and went into the holy place, he saw the sacred furniture that God's people had made according to the instructions that God gave Moses centuries earlier. On his left was a golden lampstand, candles lighting the, the, the cavernous room. And on his right was a table for bread. And ahead of him, right in front of him, was a curtain that guarded the entrance of the Holy of Holies, which the high priest entered once a year on a day of atonement, was the golden altar of incense. Zechariah walked slowly, you know, to the, to the altar of incense. His heart was pounding, and he was acutely aware of what he was in the very presence of Almighty God. He poured the incense from a flask onto the altar of incense. The incense wafted up afresh as he offered up a prayer to God. And Luke wrote that a whole multitude of people were praying outside at the hour of incense in verse 10. Zechariah was deeply engaged in ministry that was granted to very few people. And, it, and you know, it, it is hard to know exactly what Zechariah prayed for, right? You know, I, undoubtedly, you know, he prayed for the salvation of, of the people of God, his people, you know, who were under the uh, uh, under the brutal yoke of the Roman oppression, were waiting for God's ancient promise to send a deliverer to fulfill, right? And, 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 and for God to come and save his people. And Zechariah was asking God to fulfill his promise. 
But Zachariah also prayed for his son. For decades, he and Elizabeth had been praying for God to grant them a child. They knew that, humanly speaking, it was impossible for them to have a child. But he was, after all, praying to God, the almighty, sovereign creator, entire creator of the entire universe. With God, all things are possible in Matthew 19, 26, right? And I'm not twisting that verse, by the way. Suddenly, Zacharias sensed something that was different. He knew he looked and he almost collapsed with terror. And, and, and Luke wrote in verses uh, 11 and 12, and, and it said this, And there appeared to him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And Zachariah was troubled when he saw him and fear fell upon him. The angelic visitors scared Zachariah half to death, guys, right? You know, that is what happens when people see angels. The glorious supernatural creatures that God created to worship and serve him because angels live in the very presence of God. They reflect his glory, glory, which is far more than fallen man and woman can bear. So on those rare occasions when people see an angels, their responses in terror. So third, let's look at the promised son, right? The, the, the angel said to the, the terrified priest, do not be afraid, Zachariah. Your prayer has been heard, and your wife Elizabeth will bear a son, and you will call his name John in verse 13, right? And Zachariah and Elizabeth have been praying for decades for a child, and finally God answered the prayer, right? And 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 it is true that every prayer that we offer to God is 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 always answered. It is, it is and it's not always answered, right? God answers either a yes or a no or a not yet. And obviously when God says yes to our prayer, we have our prayer answered positively. That is a quick answer to our prayer, right? However, when God says no or not yet, it's harder for us to discern. You know, is, is God saying no to our prayer? <coughs> right? Or is he saying not yet to our prayer? How do we discern the difference from the two? Right? It, it seems to me that if we pray for something that is clearly contrary to God's word, the answer will be a no. But sometimes we pray something that is not contrary to, the, uh, to God's word. Occasionally we might get a very different sense that God is saying no to our prayer, but it is clear to us that the answer is no. So we no longer need to pray for that prayer or pray for, you know, pray, you know, pray about it. But if we do not get a sense that God is saying no to our prayer, it, it cannot, it, it could be the saying not yet. Right. And in those interests, we are in, encouraged to keep praying. Although God may sometimes answer our prayers as he did with Elizabeth and Zechariah, we must caution to keep in mind that he may not always do so. The angel has said to Zechariah, uh, you know, Zechariah's prayer for his son has been answered. But in addition to his prayer for the salvation of his people, um, 
would also be answered. You know, the angel said in verse 14 through 17, he said this, and you will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth for he will be great before the Lord. He must not drink wine or strong drink and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from the mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a uh, Lord a people prepared. You know, with, with these words, the angel began to explain the significance of John the Baptist, right? And and, and he would he would be no ordinary child, right? The the, the birth of, of the child would bring joy and gladness, but not only to his parents, but also to many. Joy is a significant theme in Luke's gospel, right? And and this is the first statement of joy in the gospel. John would also be great before the Lord. In fact, Jesus said of his cousin John in Matthew 11, 11, truly I say to you, among those born of a woman, there has arisen no one greater than John the Baptist. John was a promised messenger that had been promised 400 years earlier, the last time that God spoke into his people. God said through the prophet Malachi in Malachi 3.1, Behold, I send a messenger that will prepare the way before me. In the power and the spirit of Elijah, John would make ready for the Lord a people prepared, right? He would preach a message of repentance that would turn people away from their sinful ways. That's good news, guys. And fourth, the unbelieving father, right? And Zacharias said to the angel in, in verse 18, for, for how should I know this? For I am an old man and my wife is advancing years. Rather than believe the angel, Zachariah doubted the word of the angel. One commentator said this, the, object, the objection of Zechariah raised is an objection that the people always raise. He did not believe in the supernatural power of God. He was always looking at things from merely a human point of view. And he had his biology right, but not his theology. According to John Christensen, a famous preacher in the ancient Constantinople, he said this, Zachariah looked at his age, his gray hair, his body that uh, had lost its strength. He looked at his wife sterilely and he refused to accept on faith that the angel revealed that would come to pass. This is where people always struggle. This is where I always struggle. They believe the Bible is, I don't believe this, right? But this is where people struggle. This is where I this is where I don't struggle. Let me rephrase that. Rephrase that. This is where people struggle. They believe that the Bible is written by men, but they doubt that it is the written word of God. They believe that Jesus was a man, but doubt that he was also God. They believe that Jesus died, but they doubt he rose again. See, I don't doubt those things. I struggle with doubt in my life because I'm just a mere human. I don't see the big picture as God sees it. 
That's what I'm trying to say. But there's people that do that. It takes faith to accept God's word, to receive God's son, to enter God's salvation. Faith in all in, in an all-powerful God. Zechariah could not believe what the angel just told him. And, and, and the irony is, is that he prayed for every, for the very thing that he ended up doubting God could do. Sometimes even godly people have trouble believing in the power of God. And the angel answered him, says, I am Gabriel. And this is in verse 1920. I'm Gabriel. I stand in the, in, in the presence of God and I was sent to speak to you and bring you the good news. And behold, you will be silent and unable to speak until the day that these things take place because you did not believe my words, which will be fulfilled in their time. Zachariah was chastised for his doubt. He, he, would, he would eventually believe, but until the time of the birth of John, he was to suffer in silence. Apparently, the encounter with the angel took quite a while. And, 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 and we can understand how Zachariah would be totally overwhelmed by the angel, the news, and now his muteness. Luke said in verse 21 and 22, And the people were waiting for Zechariah, and they were wondering at his delay in the temple. And when he came out, he was unable to speak to them, and they realized that he must have seen a vision in the temple. And they kept making signs to them and remained mute. Poor Zechariah. For more than 400 years, God had said, had not said anything to his people. And now Zechariah has just received the most fantastic news that had ever been heard for 400 years and he could not share it with the people. God was teaching Zechariah to trust him in his word. Zechariah doubted the word of God through an angel, right? He wanted a sign and God, God gave him a sign. He shut his mouth. In effect, God was saying, you want a sign, Zachariah? I will give you a sign and you shall, you should not, you should have just took my word, right? You should have just trusted me and my word as it come to you through my messenger. But you won't believe my good news, my gospel, then I will not let you share it. Luke has written about Zachariah's doubt so that we will not make the same mistake. Luke warns his people to be certain about the good news of the gospel. And he wants us to take God at his word so that we can share the good news with others in our circle of contacts. Rather than anti-climactically, Luke ends the account of Zachariah's service by stating in verse 23, and he went home. And when his time of service is ended, he went to his home. So let's look finally at the believing mother. Imagine what happened when Zachariah arrived home. Clearly he was unable to speak. He was mute. But however, Luke said, after these days, his wife conceived in verse 24a. That's the beginning of the verse. Interestingly, Luke noted for five months, she kept, kept herself hidden. Why was that? Luke did not say why Elizabeth kept herself hidden. Perhaps people were ridiculing her 
uh, more than now ever than that Zachariah was mute and I'm able to speak. Whatever the reason was, she went into seclusion for five months. But notice that she believed what God said. She said in verse 25, Thus the Lord has done for me in the days when he looked on me to take away my reproach among the people. It is typical of Luke to comment what the good news meant for hurting people. Here he shows the good news meant for Elizabeth. The good news is for the nations, but it was for also people like her, a woman upon whom God looked with grace. Her prayers were answered. Her reproach had ended. And unlike Zechariah, believed what God has said, and she trusted his word. So having analyzed the account regarding the promise of the birth of John the Baptist is set forth in Luke chapter 1 verses 25 through 25, we should not doubt but trust God's word, right? This is what God's always wanted for it from people, trust. God wants us to take him at his word. God wants us to trust him. God does not want us to doubt him. God's discipline Zachariah for doubting his word. God said that Jesus died and rose again, so believe in the crucifixion and the resurrection of Jesus. God said that he will forgive anyone who comes to him trusting in Jesus for salvation, so believe in Jesus and receive forgiveness of your sins. God said that he will never leave you or forsake you, so believe that God is with you no matter what trials or difficulties you may be going through. And God said that Jesus will again, will, 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 he will send Jesus again to judge the world. So get ready for the return of Jesus by trusting in him alone as he is offered in the gospel for salvation. Amen. I mean, this, this, is, this is the reality of Oh, we got two comments. Oh, Jeffrey from Uganda. He said, nice to hear from you, brother, but my data bundles might not take me through all the message. Please pray for us and the production. God has, you know, just put this up there. Uh, production that we trust God to send meals this Christmas hope i will get the link of this message later and so sorry about the car <laughs> yeah still sick brother still sick that was jeffrey from uganda uh, we have a church in uganda guys and we have a lot of people that watch us in uganda and stuff like that so please pray for our church and the people in uganda and uh vj jeff uh jeffrey does this um it's really cool man he, he does this, this these christian movies for the people in uganda and you know i don't i don't know if they're already pre-made movies or he produces them i think he produces them and then he shows them and uh so it's just a kind of a great experience if you guys get ever, ever get a chance to check him out it's va jeffrey and he's from uganda and you can find him on my friends list i think but 
if you guys want to check him out, go for it. I mean, it's pretty cool what he does. I always post his stuff in the Made Free Church page, so you guys can see that there. All right, guys, that is it for us today. And you guys, I want to thank you for being here. God bless you guys. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for this time that we get to spend with you, Lord. Thank you for all that you do in our lives, Lord. We worship you and we praise you. Lord, bless our Sundays and bless the week, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. And guys, uh, I will be back on Wednesday nights. I'm now doing nights and not mornings. It's a little too difficult for me to get ready for work and stuff like that. So um, I'm doing nights now. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll post. It'll probably be 8 o'clock Mountain Standard Time. I don't know what that time is for you guys, but um, it'll probably be around that time. God bless you guys. You guys have a great, great day. God bless.